So we've had hundreds of requests to basically pull the curtain back and kind of show people what it's like when we do, because we've talked about some of our outtakes and the like that we possibly share them with everybody. So what we've decided to do is not edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're about to hear is the take of what it took to get the intro done for uh, for each of our interviews and basically we're just we're going to pull the curtain back and let you guys see the wizard of oz <laughs> the until the good bad and the ugly <laughs> until we get until we get tired of it so you know until that shtick has run it out so for for the hundreds of you that requested here you go Submission Coalition number 31. Number 31. Shauna Lee Ormsby. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. Pro MMA fighter out of Florida, also a gym owner. I didn't hear you say anything about Squirrel Girl. Oh, shoot. I forgot about Carlson the Squirrel. Yes. So she has a uh, Carlson, her squirrel, made an appearance uh, on our podcast. Uh, he was running through the background the entire time. So when we finally pull this up on YouTube, you'll get to you'll get to see Carlson. He didn't have much to say, no, unfortunately. Not much to say, but huge impact on the uh, on the podcast. The so. Yes, <laughs> so enjoy. Can you hear me? Now we can. Yes. Sure. All right. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Are you All holding right. your phone? I, I am holding it. And the, the camera, the camera, but. He likes this little area, so if I don't stay here, he probably won't want to hang out. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I had to, I've actually had to do this with, um, I think it was MMA Digest. Okay. So I, try, I tried to do it with him, too, and that was just not working. So <laughs> let me try this. I see him just playing peekaboo. <laughs> this is his, uh, his little spot, so if I can get him. To, where's he going? There he is. To kind of... Oh. <laughs> His go-to every every day. He does his laps. Wow. <laughs> Getting his so, weight in. So what what what's his story or her story? Is it him or her? It's a boy. It's a boy. So what's what's his story? How did he how did he end up being a jujitsu squirrel? Yeah, he's our he's our little gym rat now. <laughs> yeah. So um, literally, actually, so what? The gyms were closed down March 16th. I literally, well. My mom basically found him like the day before all this started happening. And so it's funny. She goes to bingo a lot. And so she was at bingo that day and um, she goes outside sometimes and he was actually laying at the base of a very huge tree. And so she just saw like this little, you know, brown nugget. She's like, what is that? And so she went up to it and sure enough, it was him. Um, by the way he looked, it had to be only like three weeks old. So not very old um, but she didn't touch him and she waited hours and hours and I looked online and they said about four hours if the mom doesn't come back they've lost their scent so either oh, they wow. abandon them or they just can't find them so they won't come back to that spot or if something happened to them um, so my mom knowing me you know before I did all this fighting stuff you know animals were my my passion I actually wanted wanted to be like you and work in the, the office and you know, be a vet and stuff. And, you know, obviously it took me to a different route, but, um, you know, just animals. I always took care of anything that was rescued, orphan, just that was me. I've never taken a squirrel though. Uh, honestly, that was kind of one thing I wanted to, 
you know, one day have, but here he is now. And so I took him in and we called actually a few rescues and they either couldn't take him or, you know, they were saying days later. And I'm like, well, if you're, you know, if I'm going to put some time into him, I'm not going to, you know, just give him up. I might as well just take care of him since I'm so used to baby birds. Um, So I figured maybe this will be kind of similar. And so far, not too bad. Um, You know, I had to bottle feed him um, with eyedropper every few hours. Um, That worked out really well. I had to pedialyte him and give him a lot of, um, you know, nutrition, of course. And uh, for three months, he's huge. (laughs) So he grew up Um, But they usually say about, normally about six months, you would, I guess, release them. But with how comfortable he is with people now, like, I just, that can't happen. He's very good myself, my bird my dog, um, you know, he's grown up with all the kids that have been here. So they've actually seen him from small to right. huge and he loves all of them. He does have, you know, his favorites, but he just loves to play with them. That's all he wants to do is he's literally like a two-year-old. He's just <laughs> ready. And he knows this place like the back of his hand. And it's just cool to see how squirrels react. Um, Cause he still has like his natural wild, uh, instincts you know when he senses danger he looked outside we have a lot of wild cats around my gym and so he saw a cat and he like immediately knew that was not right right <laughs> and so he, he uh, does this thing where he looks at them and they start shaking their tail and they start m- making these little noises and you know the direction of the danger is where their tail starts to move so it's cool to see how he can naturally already still have that in him even right. though the first thing he saw was myself and obviously I don't look like him so <laughs> so now we got a jiu-jitsu squirrel here <laughs> so y'all back open and everything since the COVID yeah. yes we we are um this whole time I've been homeschooling five kids um the five kids that their um you know parents they had to go to work a lot of them in the medical field um so I really haven't had like my own quarantine time and you know, kind of relaxing time at all because I've been homeschooling these kids for, you know, 10 hours a day wow. going directly into the summer camp. So thankfully, we've been able to be very busy um, with the summer camp because a lot of parents need their kids to get out. Yeah, kind and, of ditto here. We just launched summer camp and I, we did the same thing. We had about, we had about five kids that were doing just kind of, we extended our spring break camp for the essential workers. Yeah, it was, it was one of those during that time period I, I honestly believe we were working harder, harder. with the online um, classes and the zoom classes and it was, yeah, it was no same here. I had, um, what kindergarten, first grade, third grade, fourth grade. Wow. Yep. And like you said, just to try and get them to even do these little zoom meetings and Google meetings, they, they just didn't understand and they, they wanted to be with their friends. They wanted to be with their teachers, but to try and get them to do their homework. Oh, yeah. Like, we have the most, I always appreciated teachers, but I have the most appreciation for them now because I don't know how they do it. <laughs> running back and forth and, no, you have to do this and get over here. And, and being in a gym environment, too, when I had them here, you know, this is right. a sanctuary playground, too. It's not a classroom. You can try yeah. and make them sit down, but it's just, it's not the same. And like right. you said, off spring break, the kids were still you know, stuck in break mode because that's yeah. when they came to spring break, they couldn't go, that was it. They didn't go back to school. Right, right. So I've uh, been able to stay training through the whole thing? As much as possible, I have been. Um, it's kind of cool, actually. So, um, you know, one of my friends runs a 
an app where I can kind of do some exercises that he gives me. Um, so that's kind of what I did. And I've been actually using the kids a lot to, yeah. to keep going. Yeah. You know, even whether they're five years old or 12 years old, um, they want to learn too. So I basically just kind of been using them as my cardio roll, you know, wrestling around with them, kind of teaching them little things, but um, just, I guess a lot of cardio and just a lot of stretching, not what I would, you know, like to do, but I, you know, again, we have to make money. So yeah. I had to, you know, make sure I was working real hard and I just did as much as I could, but not nearly what I would have liked to do. Yeah. The way, the way we described it was during the whole COVID thing, we've never worked so hard for so little <laughs> during, during COVID. I mean, it, it, well, it, it really did. I mean, we saw a lot of different things taking place. We saw some gyms closing down simply because, I mean, there was no money. I mean, there was no money. So, I mean, then there was no savings or anything else. And so they, they ended up actually closing, um, right. which is, which is a shame. And, and hopefully some of them will come back in six months or the like, but it just wasn't there. And then some, some gyms we saw closed down um, strategically, you know, of saying without knowing what's going on, let's, let's just get rid of rent. Let's get rid of all the rest of the stuff and let's close down strategically so that maybe when this is over, you know, we, when we come back, we haven't burnt $10,000, you know, trying to keep the, the lights on and the, and the building open, you know, and then, then there was like us, you know, we, we scrapped tooth and nail, you know, through the same thing. Like you're, you're, you know, you're physically in the building and you're doing everything you can. Um, and like I said, it, it's, it's one of those things that really, it really made us take a step back and really, you know, say, how much do we want this? How much do we love this? And what are we willing to sacrifice to keep it going? Um, and so like I said, I, I don't think we've ever worked so hard for an unknown, you know, for, for you know, to, to, to have the chance to have the shot. Um, and it sounds like you, you guys were doing the same thing of just saying, you know, this, this means way too much to, to just watch it disappear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy because literally June 1st, we hit our first year. So I'm like, man, this is one crazy year. To yeah. <laughs> well, year and year one is hard anyways. Yeah. Business. Year one is so hard. And then to have all this, at least we were five years in when, when all this went down. So we had a little bit more of a base, but. Yeah, but, but year one, like oh, our, yeah. our year one was literally starting from scratch. Not even a single student, nothing. I'm trying to think how much money we lost in a year lot. one. Um, I mean, it was. <laughs> it was yeah. I believe so, I know it was different. Um, so once you relaunched, reopened, did you find most of your students came back or is it still kind of, they're trickling in? They're most of them. So most of them, obviously there are some that are still, you know, uncomfortable with right. the COVID stuff. And I totally understand with that. Um, for the majority, we did have most of our students come back. Now we did have a few students where I knew they were, you know, getting ready to graduate and, you right. know, they were moving and things like that. So that's obviously a different case, but for the majority we have, and surprisingly, I've had actually more people looking for gyms 
So I'm actually getting a lot of new students. Yeah, us too. That's, that was probably my biggest surprise is this week in particular, like the first two weeks after we opened, it was kind of slow. This week we had, I don't know, I think six new students show up. But, but, I, think, like, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the state said officially gyms right. can be open. Yeah. So I think those who were on the fence, once the state said it's okay, then they said it's okay. Yeah. No, I believe that for sure. I just... I think with all of it too, either people really were trying to get in shape and now they're looking for new ways to kind of continue that. So they're right. actually, you know, doing their research and seeing, you know, what's important too. And hopefully they're wanting to learn more self-defense, which it sounds like this kind of gave everybody that awakening time where they could really rethink about things and actually do things that they've been wanting to try. Because like the new members we've had here, that's basically what they're saying. They're, they've been saying they've been waiting for, you know, years or a couple years right. and you know, they're finally going to make that step. And then if you yeah. offer a good deal, they're, they're going to take advantage of it, especially right now. Yeah. You know, the people who have their stimulus checks and all that stuff, they're like, we got it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, and then fight wise, I know this put a damper on our fighters careers. I'm sure that didn't help with yours any at all. Um, do you have uh, any fight news coming up or are you still kind of sitting waiting for some of these events to open back up? Yeah, um, I was actually offered a title fight in uh, in June this month, and it was really hard to have to say no because obviously I'm here with the kids. Yeah, I've not been training. Right. Um, you know, I'm just not that person, especially in my pro career. I can't turn it back, so I'm not gonna, you know, just say, oh well, I just really want this title fight. Let me just go and you know whatever. Right. So, um, so that was really hard to turn down. But um, you know, I just I kind of told everybody I need to get through this summer camp. I need my, you know, at least eight weeks of good solid training. Um, and then hopefully at least one more by the end of this year. I just don't want to rush in it too fast because right. yeah. Off. Um, you know, a lot of my fights I've only been able to get one or two fights a year and I just don't want to mess that up by going back into a fight, you know, after right. all yep. of this and then getting hurt or something like that and then having a longer layoff. So right. I'm really just trying to play smart. I was lucky to get my two fights in this year, um, you know, my boxing fight and then my um, my other fight in South Carolina. So I was very thankful to get those in really quick. Um, so I'm just hopefully by by the end of the year, at least one. I would love to get one locally. Um, I also just don't want to do that, you know, COVID test a whole lot. So I'm down to wait, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, yeah. few, a few more months because getting that thing stuck up your nose. I already can't put a camera up on this side. So like, <laughs> it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, shit, I lost my train of thought. It was a good question, too. I don't know. Damn it. Well, I, I personally, I myself, <laughs> I love origin stories. Mm -hmm. So, how, the two, twofold, so how did you end up becoming a martial artist? And then secondly, where did fighting become a part of that? Or was it there always from the beginning? So, I mean, when I was little, I think majority of us, you know, did some kind of karate taekwondo. I did do taekwondo for a little while. Uh, when I was younger, I was good at it. I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, uh, our school at the time, I went on vacation and there was a big leak in the studio. And, um, you know, I guess it was something they couldn't fix. And so they actually moved and didn't tell a lot of the students. Oh, wow. 
yeah um so we just we didn't follow and we didn't continue from there just because of that it was a great school but that just happened and you know from there i just went on and doing you know regular sports um but then seven years ago um you know i went through a breakup it's obviously after high school and stuff and i needed something for myself because i was that girl that was you know i had boyfriends for a long time and I was always kind of catering to others instead of myself. I was kind of that caregiver person. And so from there I said, let me find a hobby. And one of my friends, um, actually Corey Wingo, uh, he was an MMA fighter. He trained jujitsu. And from there he kind of showed me some stuff, some videos. And that's when I started watching the uh, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, um, ultimate fighter. Okay. And I feel like it was that year exactly as that, I was coming on so I kind of feel like that really motivated me seeing all the girls do it because um, I would kind of see that stuff on TV the UFC and I was like why are people beating each other up like that makes no sense I didn't see like you know what comes behind that the training the passion the um, you know just dedication like I, I've always liked that kind of stuff um, so when I watched them training that kind of put me like oh well I could I could do this why not you know put me Put me to the test because I was always shy. So I, I said, let me let me go crazy and do something, you know, pretty crazy because honestly, fighting is crazy. It's just, you know, two people going in there and even jujitsu that were kind of crazy to to want to do that stuff. And so from there, I, you know, started trying to find gyms and I started doing my research. Uh, you know, obviously I'm in the Titusville area. Back then, there was literally nothing. Everything was an hour drive. Like there were no schools. Obviously, there's some great schools over there now but before there was nothing um so I made the sacrifice I actually drove around with my mom and she drove around with me and tried to find some schools you know I saw a couple of top teams and I just landed at the UFC gym because um, I knew what the UFC was so I saw a UFC gym and I said okay this this must be awesome let me go in there um and I just really liked the guys that were in there they made me feel comfortable especially as a female um, before I was going to fight, I was actually going to do some figure competitions. So I was very muscular. So, you know, they saw a muscular girl who could take care of herself, didn't know, you know, anything about fighting, but they just, I guess, you know, saw some kind of drive. And from there I said, okay, I'm going to drive here. It's 45 minutes. You know, I'm going to come as much as possible. And they said, okay, well, you want to come, you come, we won't charge you, but you have to come. And then they allowed me to work there for, um, you know, every Sunday, again, hmm. for membership. And I just kept coming back. And as tough as it was, I've got pictures of my first training there. I have bruises the size of my hand right. like, wow. over my body. I think I like got my first stress fracture on my foot. I couldn't walk and I had no idea why, but I was like, something in my head just kept telling me, keep going back, like keep yeah. pushing. And that like really like sparked me. It fired my heart because again, I was such a shy person and I, I needed to break that. And I felt like this was breaking me out of that. So I just, I kept going back and I said, you know, to my coach two months later, I was like, I want to fight. Like, this is going to happen. I'm going to fight. And he was like, you're small, like you're a small person. What am I going to do with you? You know, he trained a bunch of fighters and he just never saw someone so small and, you know, thought, well, there can't be too many of you out there. What am I going to do with you? But then we started doing pad work and he felt how powerful my right hand was. And then he was like, okay, well, there's something there. So let's, let's figure this out. Um, and then he just started finding, you know, fights and started making calls. And, you know, I fought, you know, all kinds of ages and sizes. I fought some really big girls. 
um, you know, I fought some friends that they're dear friends of mine now. And I've met a lot of great people from it, but just something told me I need to fight. Right. Like this feels awesome. This feels, you know, for me, I, it's not about so much the glory, but at the same time, it's, it is pretty cool to walk around and say, you're a fighter. You, you know, you train for that. You, you do something different. That's what I liked about it. Um, so that just kept pushing me, but I've always liked martial arts. I've always liked, you know, being athletic sports teams, um, you know, community. That's, that's, I think that's what drew that fighter out of me. And now I just, I can't live without it now. I just, at least, even if it's for a very long time, I'm fighting once a year. I feel like it always gives me something to continue going with, um, to look forward to, to keep my goals, even if it's just one. Because I, you know, when I first started fighting, I was fighting nine, ten times a year if I could. Um, you know, twice a month, a couple times, you know, if I could get them, I was fighting as much as possible. I mean, I love the way boxers, you know, do it too. They, if they can go and their bodies are good to go, they're, they're fighting. And I kind of wanted that, that passion behind it. So you've, you've done both boxing and MMA. Um, do you have a preference? And, and maybe kind of go into what, what, you, what you liked about each of them or what you didn't like about each of them. Yeah, um, so for, for my amateur career, I actually had zero boxing fights. And then I had this one for uh, my pro, pro boxing debut. I've had a ton of kickboxing fights. So that was kind of my, you know, I guess you'd say specialty in a sense. I had a ton, you know, I have my three kickboxing title fights. I'm dying to get a pro kickboxing fight. Um, I just, I do like my hands. I love MMA. Like, don't, don't get me wrong at all. Um, I don't like to use like my size and stuff as a, you know, a crutch. But at the same time, MMA, I have a lot of girls that like to sit on top of me. It's something that I have to work on a lot. But at the same time, I've had a lot of refs that have not stood us up when we should have. And I feel like it takes away a lot from, you know, the fight game. So I feel like I normally have an advantage when I have my hands up. So if it's something where in boxing or kickboxing where that is where I have to stay, the girls are kind of forced to stay like that. I, I, I do like that. Um, my boxing debut actually um, had a fight with MMA uh, two weeks before that. So I did my MMA fight, and then two, two weeks later, I was fighting my boxing. So I, I did like the fact that I could feel both of them kind of back-to-back -back and see how my body felt. Um, so it, it was a really cool experience to be able to do it kind of back-to-back -back like that. Um, it was also different because I was so used to, you know, the MMA and trying to stuff takedowns and stuff. And I felt like I needed more time to just go back to just hands. I feel like it is smart to have, you know, a good long camp of just throwing your hands or if it's kickboxing, you know, just kickboxing and not really doing jujitsu because it can throw off your technique a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to be able to do my, my pro kickboxing debut because for some reason I just feel like that could, you know, really kind of set me off a little bit. Mm. Gotcha. So what, what's one of your favorite moments from your career? Ooh. I got to say, I'm, man, I've had some cool moments. I, I was really happy with my pro debut. I got to say that was pretty cool to go from, you know, obviously amateur to pro um, to get my victory to go, you know, out of state, you know, closer to someone's home and to fight for King of the Cage too. That was really cool to be on the poster to, you know, 
you know, do all the videos and just see the difference between, you know, amateur and pro. Obviously, there's a lot of amateur shows right now that are stepping their game up and they're making you feel like pros, which is really cool now because back then, you know, you're fighting in hotels and stuff like that and, you know, not too fancy, but now um, just being able to kind of see those spotlights and be put under that pressure, I got to say, probably my pro debut was pretty awesome. Yeah, because I, I remember it, it's, it's one of my few moments that sticks out in my mind. Um, I was doing a uh, full contact match, modified rules. It's not, wasn't MMA, but it wasn't kickboxing either. <laughs> um, we were allowed punches, kicks, knees, elbows. We were allowed takedowns. But once we were on the ground, we were only given about five seconds. Um, no submissions, striking only. Um, and then after five seconds, we'd get stood back up. And I had one moment. Uh, I mean, I, one of the rounds I was getting teed up pretty bad. And, you know, so there's a good portion of, of some of the fights. It was like a tournament setting. And I was in, I was in the finals. And the last match, for a brief moment, it only lasted probably about 10 seconds, if that, where that weird silence came over the fight. And it was as if everything I threw couldn't miss. The sounds, our breathing, it felt almost more like when we were just watching the UFC, how there's no crowd noises. It felt kind of more like that, except one weird thing though, was everything was muted, except, like I said, I could hear us. It seemed like everything was going in slow motion, except every time I hit him, then I could hear the crowd. Like every time I hit, crack, ooh! <laughs> and, then, and it only lasted about 10 seconds. It was, it, it, that was it. Um, and I've never experienced anything like it since. I've never had another moment like that. It's, it was a one-time deal. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't even know what triggered it, but it was, it was, it's one of those rare things in my life that, that I can look back on and say, you know, that was a really interesting experience that, that like I said, it, it came out of nowhere. I didn't even, the next day I couldn't comb my hair. Uh, my head was so bruised. Um, the side of my head was all black and blue. You know, I showered, I could barely touch my own scalp. My, my head was lumpy i mean it was it was horrible He's but like, yeah that, that memory sticks out in my mind as being just so surreal you know that that it was it was just it was a really cool moment um you know do, do you have like anything that that like sticks out in your mind as just being like a just a, a really interesting experience from from the fight game or 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 the like um, it's funny you say that because so when I, I fought Emily King, uh, right in uh, at Valor, uh, the old Valor, and it went from that. It's just your your mind is so strong, and it really didn't put that to perception until I you know had that fight, and then I had my next fight after that in South Carolina, and so I actually so I, I suffered a little concussion right before that fight with her. Um, I didn't realize I had one. I, I knew I took some bad shots in uh, sparring mm. and head just didn't really feel right. And, but I, I just 
stubborn and I keep going and I'm thinking, oh, it's just my sinuses. It's whatever. But when I fought her and I was in the cage, like as soon as it shut, you know, they shut the doors, like I just wasn't there. So this is like that bad moment of, I'm just like, right. Wow. What's going on? Like, and it's, I'm sure if you find the video and you hear them, I'm telling my coach in the corner, I don't feel right. Like something, some, my mind's not here. I'm like, what, basically I'm telling them what's going on. Like what, right. what's going on with me? I know this isn't me. I, I can, I can beat her. I know I can beat her. My standup's better. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting her, but she's taking me down and she's smashing me. You know, I caught some bad elbows from there, I, but they kept going because I kept fighting back. But my mind to work through the moments, the techniques that I know I know, it just was not coming out and I just wasn't there. And I know it had a, you know, a lot to do with having the concussion and my just everything just wasn't correct um, the way you know I, I'm used to. So that was one of the most surreal in a bad way um, fight that I've had. Wow. And to, to have that, so I have my, my friends that help me do cryo and you know he helps me with my, my brain and stuff like that. Um, so we got through that and you know my concussion went away, I kept training. And my mind was sharp nice. from all the treatments and stuff that I did with him. And so when I fought um, the next girl um, in South Carolina, my brain was just sharp as nails. So kind of like what you were talking about that moment, I could actually see everything that I wanted to do. And I could see like I've never seen before. Like sometimes you just feel like you're there and you're just going in the motions. Like I just felt like I felt so present. And like the the entire fight, obviously it's you know it's just one of those things that it's hard to explain. But right. I felt so in that moment of the fight and so comfortable, even going to somebody else's home, you know, where all their friends are, you know, yelling bad things at me because that's her hometown, and you know she's supposed to win. And I, I didn't even focus on that stuff until after the fight. After the fight is when I watched the video and I was like, oh, they said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that wasn't very nice, but I just didn't let that stuff get to me. And I kept doing what I knew I needed to do. And it was working, you know, even though it was my first fight at 115 pounds in uh, my, my, you know, professional career. So it, that already was kind of scary for me. Cause I'm like, I'm used to fighting 105. I'm like, these girls are still kind of big at 105. Right. I'm just a small person and to go up a weight class and, you know, she's a solid girl and she's had knockouts and stuff but I just felt so comfortable and so clear. So that I, I just, now I tell everybody, make sure you work on your brain, work on your focus, take care of that first. Cause if this is working, everything else is going to work. Oh yeah. Well, cause I, I was, I was training with Christian cause I, I used to tell people all the time. So I, I, I started off as a, uh, as a standup fighter, full contact before I found jujitsu. I was doing that for, for, for almost a decade before I found uh, jujitsu. Um, but then I would tell people that if I had to rank the top five strikes I've ever taken in my life, they were all in grappling, um, heels to the face, knees to the face, takedowns, getting slammed, things of that nature, top, top five strikes ever until recently. Um, Christians almost knocked me out twice. Yeah. One of them, he hit me so hard with a beautiful combination because I, I didn't see it coming. I was out of my feet and I was blind. I, 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 I was awake, but I couldn't comprehend anything and I couldn't see. 
I mean, I saw the flashes of light and then I couldn't see. And then when my vision slowly came back, it was black and white. So now granted all of this, again, in my mind, you know, it seems like forever. The reality is it, it took about three to five seconds of, of total time. But I just remember it because it, it seemed like it took forever. I couldn't see. Then when I could see, everything was black and white, no color. And I couldn't hear. And then as the color came back, there was a popping sound in my ears as, the, as color came in the picture. And then the more color popped, and everything else, then, then, then when, when everything was color again, I could hear again. And all this happened in such a, such a tight time period, but it felt like forever to me. I mean, because I mean, I was so unsure of what was going on, you know, and everything else. And yeah, my, my brain was messed up for a little bit past that. Um, you know, I, I, I know at that point, I probably got a pretty good concussion. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a scary thing because you get guys like uh, uh, Team Alpha Male, uh, Chris Holdsworth, um, yes. won the Ultimate Fighter. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter. He did, And then yeah. ends up getting knocked out in training or taking a shot to the head in training. And as far as I know, hasn't been able to return to live training since. It's been years. Yeah. Um, it, it's just still affecting him. Yeah, that's one of the things you, I think people either don't take serious or they don't realize what, you know, fighters have to go through because our careers are never, you know, you just never, you never know. I mean, well, also we, the fighter mentality, we, you got to be tough, you know, grit through it, you know, always push through the injury. And, and yeah, you, sometimes you got to take a step back. Yes. Um, no, especially, absolutely. especially with your brain. Yes, the brain, of course, is one of the most important things. But I just, I knew, I knew when I took those shots, I should, I was, I did that. I, I toughed it out. I, I've had a concussion before, you know, when I, you know, first met my coach, he gave me my first concussion. You know, that's, I just knew when you're, you're not feeling well and you're dizzy and you're nauseous and all that stuff. And it just kept coming more and more. I was like, oh boy, okay, here it goes. And yeah. you're, you're blurring your speech and you can't really explain it and you, you don't feel like you're doing it, but you know they're hearing it so it's and you said it's one of those things where you know you have to choose your training partners you know wisely you got to trust people especially if you're going to continue in your career I think it's good to get out and spar and do all that stuff but at the same time you want to trust where you're going to that's why you know I love going to your gym because I trust you guys and all your fighters and I know that they you know have a passion behind it but they're not out there to you know take away people's careers too obviously if it's in the cage that's a whole nother story. That's a ballpark. We signed a paper. Right. So when it comes to training and stuff, you want good training partners that know what they're doing, you know, not the, the wild fighters that just could care less about you over there. So I've been to some schools too, where I've had the guys slam me on my neck because they they don't want a little, you know, purple belt girl running all over them and embarrassing them in front of their friends. I'm like, that's not what it's about. Right. Yeah. So many fighters um, still don't understand that it's really a team sport. It's, Yes, once you close the cage door, it's just you and your opponent. But all of the work leading up to it, you can't do it without a team, without a solid team. And uh, that's something that we're really trying hard to instill in our fight team is that y'all are a team. And when one goes in the cage, we're all going in that cage with you. 
it's not it's not just you flying solo it's it's all of the work that everybody's put into you it's all of the you know the everything the the late night talks the coaching sessions the strategy sessions it's everything well, the, the the mom or the dad or the yeah, brother or the sister train. or the 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 spouse or girlfriend that picks up the slack so that they can put in extra training and the like i mean people people don't really put two and two together that there's much of their team you know as as anybody else you know <laughs> carlson just made his appearance <laughs> now now you have traveled a lot in your fighting career i'm assuming a lot of that had to do simply because of the weight classes and trying to find opponents um, within within those weight classes, and even then, it sounds like it was a little difficult. That's why you kind of had to bounce around and, and take some some, you know, either catch weights or or something of that nature. Um, what was it? What do you remember? What it was like the first time you went out of state um, to to go fight? I believe my first one was in Georgia. So you know, we went somewhere, not terribly far but it was Georgia and it's probably one of my coolest fight stories we fought in a uh like an old outside um what is it like um where they they have the cows and so uh, my warm-up was in like the cow stalls and <laughs> it was outside so it was just um you know just a rooftop over there but completely open uh there was wood shavings everywhere it was wow. 32 degrees outside Woo. so we all had to warm up on one heat lamp. Wow. This was like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. So it was freezing. It was cold. There was mulch everywhere. Um, so I don't know if maybe that kind of like made it more interesting for me or it was just so cold. I wasn't focused on anything else because I had the shivers. Everybody was just like trying to stay warm at the same time. And we're walking out and we've got splinters in our fingers and stuff already. Wow. Um, it was, it was pretty interesting, but it was probably one of the coolest, you know, I gotta say, you know, stories that I can tell people to say, I did that. It was freezing. There's wood everywhere. Right. Um, but after that, I think that really did just get my, my jitters out. And I'm still friends with her to this day. Cause you know, that was, you know, basically seven years ago. And I'm still real, uh, you know, good friends with her. And, um, from there we just kept traveling. You know, my coach is a, you know, a driver. He likes to drive. He likes to go. Right. Again, it really wasn't anybody here in Florida. So the fact that he likes to drive and I've always wanted to visit, you know, the world and the States and just get out. I really never got out too much. I was born in New York and, you know, I've made that drive once. So fighting kind of gave me that outlet to visit more places and meet more people. Um, so my jitters really, I just, every fight I was having because I was fighting so often, like those butterflies, I had the good butterflies but I always like put that past me. I never let like my fear, I guess, get the best of me. Um, I just, I'm such a calm person. Like I'm not really hyper. I'm not, you guys see me, I kind of just sit and chill and I'm not always like the biggest talker. I just, I just stay relaxed and I, I, I'm a pacer. I, you know, I'm, if I'm in the waiting room and stuff, I'm talking, I'm with myself. Like I, I like to walk around in circles. I don't like music. I got to, figure out my game plan. I don't like to hear too much stuff in my ears. So okay. All the training that's done. Okay. It's, it's go time now. I don't, I can't hear, I can't hear, you know, do this move, do this move, do this move. I can't hear that stuff. 
Now it's just like I'm zoned in and focused. So after that, I just, I love traveling. I love getting out there. I almost feel like I, maybe I'd be more nervous fighting in my hometown here because I know I'd have a huge crowd. So that's right. going to be a new step for me when I, you know, do finally get a fight here because I've got people begging me to. So I definitely want to. I was actually supposed to have a boxing fight here and then I ended up not being able to because of the virus. Right. So I'm really. So you're, so you're almost opposite of what a lot of the amateur fighters go through because I mean, especially right here in Florida, a lot of the Amis fight local. So they have almost a 50, 50 crowd when they're going in there and their name is called, it's almost as loud as when their opponents called. And it throws a lot of people off the first time they travel and the only people they have in the audience are maybe like three or four people that just <laughs> happen to travel with them. It's a, it's a different feeling. I mean, it, it definitely is a different feeling, but it sounds like that's the vast majority of your experiences that, you know, that you've traveled and, you know, so ultimately I'm, I'm kind of almost feeling like, like for you, the crowd doesn't play that big of a factor into hyping you up and getting you ready. Nah, yeah, definitely not. I've been to a lot of hometowns. So a lot of the girls I have fought, obviously have been from there. So I've always, in the beginning, I, I've gotten a lot of boost. They don't know me. They obviously, again, that's their people. Um, but what's cool, I, I guess, um, you know, afterwards, a lot of them, whether they switch or they see how I fight and because I give such a show, whether I win or lose, I'm always there for a show. So I want to make sure, you know, we're doing awesome moves and we're, you know, always fighting hard. I'm, I'm a slugger. So if you want to throw, you know, throw, you want to bang, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, if we're playing jujitsu, I'm going to pull something crazy off because that's just, you know, how my mind works. I just want to keep moving. Um, so thankfully I've had the, you know, the opportunity and the chance and the luck to, have a lot of people afterwards, you know, calling my name or saying, go bam, bam. They don't know me, but you know, they're rooting for me. So okay. in the beginning it was, you know, a little rough, but afterwards I'm either going to change their mind or, you know, I'm going home, you know, happy. And you know, that I was fighting and all my friends here are watching. So either way, I just, I, that stuff doesn't affect me. So speaking of, how did you get the uh, nickname? Uh, so my, my coach, you know, felt my one-two, and for whatever reason, Bam Bam just hit in his head because the whole one-two, he was just thinking Bam Bam, and I'm small like him, and, you know, I ended up cutting my hair short like him, and yeah. a little bit shorter now, but that's just kind of, and I, I had a bunch of nicknames before that, too, like Skittles, because I was coloring my hair every, like, week. The Skittles didn't fit, so we kept Bam Bam. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have any sponsors or, or your gym and all of that that you want to give shout outs to? This would be a perfect opportunity for you to show them some love. Yeah, please. Um, of course, my school here is Carlson Gracie Longwood. Um, hopefully we can get another Pretty Dangerous here soon because I yeah. would love to get those back going. Um, I'm my, one of my sponsors is Veritas Tactical. Um, so he, you know, owns a, a, a nice gun shop and, you know, and supply anybody's needs. I have uh, shootingclasses.com that they offer all kinds of classes all around the state. So if you need a special kind of training class, they always post stuff on there. Um, you know, my chiropractor is amazing at chiropractic spine and injury. He's helping me out a lot 
with like my tailbone injury. I've had that for a while and my hip and my neck. I need to go see him ASAP after these kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these kids are something else. Um, but they're, uh, they're really good to me and, and cryo next. I do a lot of cryo over there. So again, I'm just waiting for these kids to go so I can go get my body back and, and jump in. Now I, I've never done cryo. I mean, I understand the concept behind it, but I mean, I've, I've, I've never done, I mean, to be honest, I've never even done ice baths. I mean, I, I've done stupid stuff when I was younger, just for shits and giggles of jumping into freezing water and, and things of that nature. But I've never done it deliberately thinking I'm for therapy. For therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I did it out of stupidity. Um, I'm I, not I, I am I am curious. What what is that what is that like when you're doing the, the cryo? Yeah, so it's three minutes. Um, you can start with two if it's you know too cold for you or if you're a first timer they'll you know recommend yeah, two I feel but challenged now. Like hey, I have to do three minutes. I can't do two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, so I've um, done my fight cams where I made sure I took an ice bath, like as hard as it was. I made sure I took one and it was some of the best fights I've ever had because my body felt so good. I feel like my body specifically is so sensitive. I get inflamed easily. So obviously it's bringing that inflammation down. Um, so basically that's what the cryo is doing, but it's three minutes. You go in there with a rope. You, you know, you take your robe off, you give it to them, you're wearing gloves, so that way you're not getting any kind of freezer burn on you. Um, and basically, you're just freezing your ass off. You know, if you're shivering, you're burning some calories too. So that's what I tell people, just go burn some extra calories. Hmm. Um, but I've done it actually to help me with my weight cut too, because it really does burn some calories. Um, so if I was doing it, you know, a few times a week, it was giving me that extra boost. Plus it gives you energy you know, makes your skin strong, makes your bones strong. Um, so it is really cold. You really just have to like fight down until you do it more. And then you kind of get used to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I do like it. I just, I have felt a difference. Actually, thankfully I did a one fight with IKF, you know, when they're two day tournaments and I fought, you know, that day and I was able to go run over there and jump in there and kind of uh, get some of my, um, you know, muscle fatigue out. So that does kind of help with that and reduce again, the inflammation. And then I was able to fight the next day. So you just feel more recovered. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on with us and thank you for bringing Carlson with you. <laughs> he's really like, he's going to say bye. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just okay. now actually joining us. <laughs> you can see him running in the background. Yeah, but that's different though. He, yeah, you can't keep him still for nothing. Our uh, car rides home are really fun. <laughs> I can't keep so, him up because I'm just that person, but I let him kind of just do his laps around there until he passes out of my hoodie. <laughs> so when you're so when you're teaching things of that nature, he's just he's just roaming. No, I do have him in a cage because he tends to want to go see everybody. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He likes to jump jump on everybody. So right. before and after class, he he does have his own little home here now. So we've got, he's at my, uh, at my house, his cage there, and then he's got one here. So basically before and after class, the, all the kids and all the adults, and so I honestly, I think the adults like them more than the kids do, because they're oh, just like, right. <laughs> <laughs> they're just in love with them. But 
I've actually had people message me saying, I want to visit your school school just to see your squirrel. I'm like, well, if that brings people in here too, I'll use whatever I can. Yeah. <laughs> Start marketing around the squirrel. <laughs> that might be the new thing now. We're going to get them a little bee and everything. Yeah. There you go. That's perfect. <laughs> so I, like, I, I've never had a squirrel or, or, or anything else. I mean, actually, to be honest with you, until we moved out to Florida, I hadn't even heard of people even having squirrels. So... So does, does he go in the cage at night when, when you go to sleep or does he curl up with you like on a pillow or? It, it kind of depends. He picks his own places and I, I don't keep him like locked up in okay. my room. The same way with my bird. I don't lock my bird up. Um, I know him. I trust him. I make sure, you know, everything is set up to where they can't hurt themselves and they're safe. Um, but he's, he picks wherever he wants to go. Like he, he has full range of the, my room. And so he'll sometimes sleep in my hamper, actually. He'll sleep in a little carrier that I have for him. He has a hammock. He has a box where he can nest. So it's like all kinds of nesting stuff. Uh, he doesn't really sleep on me. So he, he'll come and see me and come say hi. But he'll, he usually sleeps in either his box or his hammock or just kind of anywhere he can burrow himself into. Okay. But he wants to be friends with my birds. My bird is not having it. He's like, what the hell are you? <laughs> He's too fast. My bird's like, he can't, he can't keep up with them. Because <laughs> mm. like with us, our, we, we, our dogs were kennel or crate, crate trained. Um, but then I, I am, I'm a really light sleeper when it comes to, like, if I hear a noise or uh light is actually a really big thing for me if if like shadows move in the room you know for whatever reason you know maybe the neighbors turning their light on in the middle of the night or something of that nature that 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 those things wake me up almost immediately um so i talked to melissa and letting the dogs out because then i was like if the dogs are out and if it's real they will probably react to it and so it's kind of like my alarm system so mm -hmm. if they don't react, then maybe I don't have to worry about anything. It lets me sleep a little bit more. Um, unfortunately, that being said, um, I lost my pillow. My, <laughs> my pillow now belongs to my dog. Sure. It, oh, no. it is true, 100%. Um, I don't even claim it. It's not even my <laughs> pillow anymore. I mean, he, he grabs it. I get a, like a little corner. Mm -hmm. That's it. I get a corner of that pillow, or maybe Melissa is kind enough to give me a corner of her pillow. And then that, that's what I get. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really care too much for the pillow. It's funny because I read a story too about a squirrel, a guy had a squirrel that he rescued and he left and a burglar actually tried to rob his house. And he they got the tv or whatever but then they found the guy and apparently the squirrel actually attacked the guy oh, wow. which stopped the guy from robbing any more of his stuff because the guy was like i don't know what attacked me but like <laughs> i have bite marks all over me and I, just, I didn't make sense he literally had bite marks all over him from the squirrel wow. and the squirrel stayed at the house and he waited for the guy to come back and he was happy as can be wow guard squirrels yeah, exactly. Guard squirrel. And he knows some people, you know, so <laughs> trouble. But I'll definitely bring him by sometime because he is a lot of fun. It's it's a really cool experience. He's so sweet. It's just something you don't normally see. But 
at the same time, it makes you see the squirrels outside. They play a lot with each other. They're very, you know, they just, they want to see what's going on and they are easy to kind of train in a sense. If you feed them, eventually they kind of slowly start coming up to you. So they're very curious. Um, And he's, he's just like that too. He's very curious about everything, but because he knows humans now, he's just the sweetest thing. And everybody that's seeing him, they're like, I want him. I want a squirrel now. Where do I get one? I was like, I cannot tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to people do that or not. <laughs> but it is pretty cool. Um, you'll have to get back in and uh, train with us sometime. We're oh, still yeah, we'll have to take, take, take a trip up. Yeah, we'll take a trip over there. But we're we're back to training on Sundays again. I just saw your poster schedule. It's at twelve now, right? Yeah. That is yeah, perfect. Because, because Christian can't can't wake up, up in the morning. morning. So yeah, we do noon. Christian's on time. <laughs> when no, we do that at nine, really we're me. lucky if he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that that actually works out for me too. So I might not be in shape for it, but I show up. Awesome. Yeah, we have uh, Naomi, who's a, a one fifteen fighter. That uh, that would be good for you. She's tall, but no, no, I I remember Naomi. I went there a few times. That was before she had her fights, though. Right. Actually, yeah. I haven't been able to be back there until she's got all of her, her fights in. So, no, I would love to get back over there. And the, the 12 o'clock on Sundays, that works a lot better for me anyway. So awesome. I'm going to start start being there. There's a lot of stuff I got to start getting back on point with. So <laughs> Yeah, it's all of us. <laughs> get back to normal. <laughs> all right, dear, we'll let you go. This is getting late. But thank you so much for getting on with us. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you guys so much. It was really good to see you guys and talk to you. And I will see you guys very soon. Awesome. You got it. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson. And your other host, Melissa Lowson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.